Hey, 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 America, what's up? It's uh, Michael Aaron Costeris coming to you live again for another episode of The Experience with Michael Aaron Costeris. Oh, God, you know, just the name gets a little redundant. No, just kidding. Just when I repeat it so many times. But uh, anyways, I hope everyone is doing good out there in podcast land. I do want to apologize for not uh, being so consistent. No, I mean, actually, it's been, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, um, I think I'm still a little bit more consistent than I used to be from back in the day. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been about, it's been about a week since I did my last personal podcast with you guys. So I just want to stop on in to show some love to the experienced people. And uh, just let y'all know that I'm still alive and well. And of course, you guys know these things anyways. But we are broadcasting, podcasting, simulcasting live on Twitch while I'm taking care of my um, podcast side as well. Now, this is kind of interesting. I, I actually already have an audience. So hello to anyone who might be out there in Twitch land. If you're watching, um, I, I really just come on here to chat and uh, keep you guys abreast with some of the stuff going on in my life. Um, because after all, it's the experience with Michael Aaron Cosseros. So what are you going to expect, huh? Anyways, um, so... The week's been pretty good. The week's been pretty good. Can't say it's been one of those weeks. Of course, we all seem to have those weeks where things kind of go meh. And then we have those weeks where things are just aces and all the way. Um, I think really, um, I don't know, uh, thinking about, about that. But it's like, to me, it's always been something that's been more of like a mental thing. You know, like... Um, it's all in your head. Now, I know some of y'all are going to think this is probably the corniest thing in the world. You're probably going to think it's just a bunch of BS, right? But, um, there was the saying that they used to say, and I'll never forget because when I was younger and, you know, living in my younger years, um, I used to do like, um, the announcements, <laughs> The morning announcements at my local high school, right? Like, no one wants to hear about high school, right? Especially when you're old. Um, but, like, <laughs> I used to do the morning announcements. And, you know, we pretty much had reign to be ourselves and be a personality if we wanted to. Like, I was myself. Back then, I was a little goth boy. And, you know, I was stuck in my own misogyny. Miss, I was going to say misogynistic. Now, that's not accurate. <laughs> I'm not a misogynist, but I don't... Anyways, um, yeah, misanth misanthropistic, uh, I guess would be the correct word. Um, I was, you know, you know, you know how goth kids are. They're not like emo kids. Like, there's a very big difference between a goth and an emo. Go ahead and check out that episode of South Park where the goths and the emos kind of go at it and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty much that, you know, like, uh, I think when you get down to it, the goths just listen to way cooler music than the emo people do. Um, emo, screamo, crying, crap. I mean, usually, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that was, I was already way out of it by then. Um, <laughs> I lost an audience. Anyways, um... 
I lost someone who was in the chat room. Oh no, it's okay. I still got one hanging out, so that's all good. But um, like I was saying, uh, I mean, I really don't need someone to hang out with me on Twitch because after all, I have an audience on my podcast network. So blah, 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 whatever. This is just more like, because like I said in my last one, I'm not going to be doing anything with YouTube anymore. Like I'm, I'm pretty much at the point in my life where I'm hitting that resolve you know, and I'm just not giving a damn anymore about what avenue might provide me what. It doesn't matter, you know, like, I just, I don't want to support YouTube anymore. I call it ScrewTube now. I just don't care for it. And I don't care to support them or to, I mean, it's not like, you know, my podcast was raking in thousands of views over there anyways. It's not like they were ripping me off for all the revenue that they're getting from all the money that they're making off of our streams and stuff like that, because after all, um, they removed two of my episodes, uh, off of YouTube and I'm very upset at them for that. I can't believe that they, uh, uh, I can't believe that they, uh, you know, they would do such thing, but then again, I can, then again, I can. And that was basically the deciding factor in what led me to just exit from that because, uh, let me tell you what, like, uh, I, why should I put up with someone who's going to stifle me and who's going to censor me and then they're going to make revenue off of me and not even let me monetize? Like, that makes no sense. Like, they're definitely not there for you. They're definitely there for themselves. So, you know, I like Twitch. And then, you know, maybe maybe someday I'll do some type of gaming thing or something. I don't know. We'll see about that. I'm not sure yet. But anyways, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, but as far as that goes, that's why it's like, you know, I still have the podcast audience. It's still doing pretty good. Um, of course, like the C report helps with that, but you know, at least they get to put in like, um, you know, my little nuggets of, uh, Michael isms as I go about and do these things and etc. But anyways, um, so yeah, so that brings me here. Yeah. I don't want to keep this thing on the screen because... There we go. Because then you can't see my cool punk bunny shirt. There we go. I pride myself in this shirt. Like, uh, I got it at one of their concerts. If you guys don't know who punk bunny is, I mean, like, I... <laughs> they're a crazy band. Um, I, I actually have never looked to see uh, any website or music videos or stuff like that by them. Because they're enough to go just watch the show. I mean, they're... Their music is good. It's like a, a dance. It's got a good dance beat to it. it. It, you know, crosses genres sometime. The lyrics, I mean, the lyrics, you just got to know what you're in for in a band like Punk Bunny. And no, this is not a music episode. Um, I'm not going to do that today. Although I am thinking about doing another music episode real soon uh, since um, the Roz Williams episode was actually a pretty successful one. Um, I just haven't decided yet who it is that I'm going to, uh, feature in the music episode. I'm kind of leaning towards Susie and the Banshees. Um, I, I believe that that is an act and an artist to follow. Um, especially if you're in the younger Twitch group, because like, um... <laughs> it's just really fucking good music. It's really cool music. It's got its own like kind of, 
Um, it's got its own kind of life to it. Um, I just hope that in the making of that music and in, in, in being in existence in that world that, um, that the artists involved didn't do anything stupid, um, that would maybe put, you know, a total wrench in their, I don't know how you would say it. that would put a total wrench in their career and in the history of who that they are, because, um, I will be so, so disappointed if that is the case. And, you know, we're at a point right now where I think a lot of the artists in the industry who have done some of the things that I believe that they have done and who are the people that I believe that they are, like, we're at a point in history where maybe, maybe, maybe they don't have to worry about uh, their cover being blown anymore. And um, so to that end, I'm like, well, you know, good for you, I guess. Like, if that's just whatever, you know, good for you. But at the same time, at the same time, um, not good for you because it's not good. Some of the things that what these people may have been participating in. And, you know, I really hope to God, I really hope to God that Susie Sue is not one of those people because, um, you know, God, like it would explain a lot. It would explain a lot. You know, one of the things that I've come to learn in, um, uh, my research and just uh, generally being able to perceive, receive whatever, um, whatever messages I get, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a loony bin, but, you know, I, I think in, in a lot of that research, like what I have found uh, to be the case is that a lot of these people are involved with things that are a lot deeper and darker and I mean it's just downright evil really some of the things that these people are involved in and now don't get me wrong you might be uh, an ever-loving satanist you know you might you might you might you know worship the devil you might not be a christian and it doesn't matter to me I'm not religious I don't have any religion you guys know this I'm I'm you know, I, I wouldn't even say that I'm agnostic because like agnostics believe in a higher power, but you could never know what it is that that power is. And I, I have an idea in my own head and in my own heart of what that is. And, you know, whether I choose to call it the creator or whether I choose to call it the universe or whether I choose to call it the source, it's the same thing, you know, and and. I don't believe that there's anything higher than that creator, but I do believe that what people perceive to be God or like the entity of God, um, because that is a man-made idea that that, um, because that's a man-made idea, I don't necessarily believe that that would be the same thing as what I perceive as the source or the creator, or God, because man-made God is kind of in this box, right? And uh, man-made devil is in this box, you know? And, like, I was um, talking about it with uh, my sister, and, you know, she kind of referenced the craft 
I know all of y'all know and love the craft because all of you people are witches these days and all of you people are Satanists these days and all of you people believe you can turn water into wine and no, I'm not specifically speaking to you, but I am speaking to the collective they out there that has this notion that they're, I don't know, I really don't even know what people think anymore. Kind of like whenever whenever I was thinking about like uh, people who are satanists and and i'm learning about these people who are satanists and what they feel what they believe what their their doctrines are and stuff like that it's really interesting uh because these people they like they literally believe that to be self-deprecating is against their religion to it's like to have humility is is anti-satanistic and i guess it's true because when you boil down to it, it's it's a selfish. It's a very, very, very selfish religion. It's all based on self-centered, selfishism. It's, I wouldn't necessarily say narcissism. I think even someone who's narcissistic would annoy a Satanist. But it's all about personal gain and themselves. And it's just annoying to think that. Like, they can't even do self-deprecating humor. It's, like, against their tenant or something like that. Like, and and who wants to deal with someone like that, you know? And it's even worse if they're, like, a sociopath, you know? Because then it's, like, God, you've got, like, all of these, like, mental hang-ups and, and afflictions and I'm not judging them by any means. Like, they can go on doing what they want. I, I, I don't tend to deal with those types of people because I don't, I don't tend to attract those types of energy. I, I don't prefer those types of energy. And it's so funny because I, I've been mixed up with someone in my life who comes off like a spiritual person. And, and they certainly uh, um, present themselves that way. And I, I certainly believe, in retrospect, when I think back, on my life and the interactions I've had with this person and the things that they've said and the things that they've done. Uh, I'm like, damn, like you're a Satanist, whether you know it or not. Like, and, and this person is a witch. And, you know, when I learned that their powers were immediately sapped because they could no longer use them against me, you know? Um, but it's, 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 it's sickening, you know, <laughs> honestly it is because, I don't know, like, who want, who wants to be like that? Like, I don't care to be like that. I don't care. Um, I just want to live my life and be happy. And I want everyone to be happy. And, and I really feel like if we were to all get to that place where we could all just be happy, you know, like we would all prosper and we wouldn't have to worry about the daily grind. You know, people wouldn't care. People would just be like about living their best life and literally living their best life. Not just like that's that cheap ass saying, uh, are you living your best life? Not just that, not just that generic thought, but actually, you know, sustaining yourself. Because <laughs> when people say living their best life, they're like, oh, I'm living my best life. I look hot. I have like a, a bronze body. I'm all svelte. I look good. I look young. I got all my teeth. You know, well, you know, you know what I mean, right? Like, and they're in that moment, but I'm talking about a sustained living that best life. Like I'm talking about, you can take care of yourself. You got a good head on your shoulders. You got a roof over your head. You maybe you're fortunate enough to have a family or maybe you're fortunate enough to have um, a significant other. I don't know. Cause like, I, I don't really care to have a significant other at this point in my life. And that's not being cynical 
And that's not being, like, negative on myself. That's not getting down on myself. Like, hey, Michael, you'll never have... I don't give a shit. You know, I really don't give a shit. Like, as far as I'm concerned, children and... And I mean kids. Like, if you have your own kids, not just children in general. Like, children, like, if you bore them from your own sperm sack to someone's vagina. Like, that... As well as, like, having a relationship with someone else is just an inducer of karma. And you can't escape that because that person will then be wrapped into your life and you'll be wrapped into theirs. And then there's the feels and then there's everything else that goes with that. And so I just don't, I mean, if it were to happen, don't get me wrong. Like if I were to, to meet somebody that I, I thought was like, um, that wouldn't cheat on me, that wouldn't be an asshole, that wouldn't be fucking their mother's boyfriend, like, you know, I'd be fine, you know, that'd be cool, I'd be, what else could I ask for, right, but I haven't found that person yet, and, um, it was actually in the course of my previous relationship that I learned my own self-worth, and I learned the strength to love myself, find my self-worth. And that is something that I appreciate from that relationship. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot of things externally from that relationship as well. But it's neither here nor there. You know, it's not a part of my life. It doesn't affect me anymore. It's basically gone. And I've, I've gone on to do my own things, my own endeavors, and I've actually progressed in that manner. So I really think that me finding that value in myself allowed me to free myself up to do the things that I was put here to do. Now, don't get me wrong again, because, you know, that person in my life did provide, I mean, we were best friends, you know, like we were best friends, like in my opinion, we were best friends. I don't know how he felt, but you know, we, he made me laugh, we could talk, you know, we always had a good time, we never fought, like, in six years, we fought twice that, that were physical, physical confrontations, and trust me, guys, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to love, and when it comes to family, you know, like, if you love someone, you'll never strike them, I, I've never, I wouldn't, I never did until the last time and he deserved it, you know, and, um, that was because he already struck me and nearly broke my jaw and, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't not defend myself anymore. And, and as much as I loved him, you know, I could, I had to, I had to really say, bitch, it's time to get whacked. And I popped him and that, that, that freaked him out. And, um, but, you know, we don't, in six years, only two physical fights. And really, after the first physical altercation, it was over. It was over. Um, I was just waiting to get out of a lease, and I, I couldn't break my lease, so I was stuck with him. And, and since we didn't ever fight, really, I mean, aside from those two physical altercations, I'd say maybe two or three other times where we actually got into a, a verbal, like, spat, you know, it was a really peaceful relationship. It was, it was. And, you know, we made allowances for each other to be ourselves, um, we made allowances for each other to do what we wanted to do. And, you know, he really reaped most of the benefit out of it because, you know, the whole time that I was working 14 to 15 hours, sometimes he was at home fucking people 
And it's okay. I don't care. Like, you know, I've run into people that fucked him and I've been friends with them even through and through. And, 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 and this was after the fact, of course, but like, um, I didn't, I didn't hold it against my ex because we, we weren't necessarily in an open relationship, but let's just put it this way. If I was, partaking in a certain vice or if I had a sty or a rafter in my sty, if I had a rafter in my eye, I wasn't going to judge him and call him out for doing the same shit and be a hypocrite. You know, that's just, that's just not right. You know, it's like, I knew he was cheating. So I started cheating and I wasn't going to be like, Hey, whatever, you know, because I was gonna be like, how could you cheat on me? I mean, I'm doing the same thing. So why would I do that? And I'm pretty sure he kind of had the same mentality. And so it worked. And yeah, that was very toxic, but the fights didn't happen until like three years into the relationship maybe or so. So, I mean, even through that, like we were still able to we were still very compatible with each other, you know, and, and I think that's more because I was convenient for him. Um, I was very convenient for him to live his life and do what he wanted to do and get away with it. And, and the only reason why I let him do that is because I didn't realize my own value and I didn't realize that I didn't have to put up with that shit. And, and I was basically paying for everything on my own, And then one day I snapped and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't need him anymore. Like, I can do this on my own. Anyways, and then the story changes a few years later. But, yeah, I haven't talked to him since then. And uh, the last time that I, I, the last time I saw him, we had a huge, huge falling out. Like, it was huge. Like, it was drama, 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 and a physical fight and... I I don't get into many physical fights and uh, I'm not a violent person, but I am a firm believer in self-defense. And so that was that. And I haven't seen him since then. And that's just the way it is. And I don't feel the need to see him. Um, I remember when I moved out of our apartment um, and it was it was a couple of months before the lease was up, um, but I couldn't stay there anymore. And he was going to stay there um I owned everything in that apartment. He owned the sofa and the TV and a TV stand. So three pieces of furniture in the living room. Everything else, the bed, everything, everything else was mine. And I remember feeling so bad for him. I couldn't think about it because I could just see him laying there on the floor in this big bedroom with nothing else. And it just, it made me so depressed. It made me so depressed to think that he was there by himself, but I had to go. I had to separate from him. And I guess he didn't seem to mind it. Like, I don't, I don't know what kind of wild sex parties he had while I was gone. I really don't care. Um, It doesn't matter what he did then. You know, it doesn't matter what he's doing now. Um... But that was basically that. And wow, I think I can't believe I just totally unloaded like that much personal information onto you guys. (laughs) I don't think I've ever really told this story to anyone. And I don't like to tell this story because um, because of the way it ended. And I wasn't lying when I said what I said at the start of this tale about him. But I could not. And it's bec- it's funny because we actually even ended up staying friends after we broke up and after I'd moved out. And we were a, we were like 
a city away from each other. But I couldn't keep that relationship anymore because it was so, I mean, I had a moral choice to make, guys. You know, I had a very big moral choice to make. And it just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I could not stay with the person that was doing what he was doing. I could not turn my cheek. I could not look away. I could not ignore it. It was so immoral. And I don't mean to sound judgmental, but come on, guys. Like, come on. I could not do it. And I had to go. And it just, you know, it kind of goes into my whole thought about the morals of the gay community, the homosexual community, it's so bad. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. I know it's it's pretty bad with straight people too. And there's not really anyone who's straight anymore. You know, like, I mean, there are some of those people there, I'm sure, you know, that toe the line and really like to stick to what they know as far as heterosexuality goes. But like, I don't have a single inkling in my body, you know, to, um, you know... Um, procreate. <laughs> I don't have a single inkling in my body to uh, discover that fresh fish taco down below. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't have any desire to. Um, and, and that's why I say maybe I am truly a gay man. Whereas, you know, they say that there are truly straight men and women out there and they're truly gay or homosexual females and males out there. And, and then some people say, like I said earlier, like I just said, that there's not anyone who's truly straight anymore. But I mean, I, I, I understand the beauty, the value of the creative being that is a female. Um, after all, the woman, the female, has the power of creation, not to quote darkness from the movie Legend, but literally, the woman, the female, has the power of creation. Men don't have that. Um, and not that I want to, don't get me wrong, girls, I don't want to carry a baby in my womb for nine months, I don't want to feel something growing inside me like a cancer ready to eat up my life and strip me of all the fun that I'm meant to have. <laughs> But, you know, like, that's that's an amazing ability that women have and men don't, you know. Uh, that's my whole reason for being against abortions. I'm like, well, you have the power of creation. I don't. So what the hell can you go ahead and destroy fucking life for? You know, like, that's not fair. Like, I can't even make life and you're going to go destroy it? Jesus. You know, like, what the hell? Anyways, like... <laughs> I know that is so, that is probably, that sound probably sounds so freaking convoluted, right? But anyways, my body, my choice. Well, you know what? That's why I'm not putting a vaccine or fucking gene therapy into my fucking body because it's my body. It's my choice. And I choose not to partake in these experimental vaccine gene therapy sessions that are eventually just going to give you COVID. And, and, and then we're going to have a real COVID crisis, right? Because finally, you know, finally they managed to create COVID by injecting humans full of these experimental gene therapy sessions that they're currently pumping the world full of. And then COVID will be real. Because we created it in our own bodies because they gave us the they gave us our bodies the instructions on how to make it because they couldn't do it them damn selves. Anyways, oh God, don't let me get off into that topic. Where was I? I need to close the circle on this whole religion thing and Satanist thing and spiritual thing that I think I started and I don't even remember where I was. I'm sure I will circle back to it. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. Um uh thanks for listening. 
to that little bit about my my past and my relationship. That's the only nugget you're going to get for now. Um it was it was fun while it lasted, don't get me wrong. I had a blast. I had a blast while it was a blast. Um I had a dear friend while he was a dear friend. Um but he's not that anymore. And I, I and in spite of what he has done to me and in spite of the advantage he has taken to me and I don't blame him for it. You know why? because i wanted to do that for him and even though i was convenient for him and he took advantage of me i did something i wanted to do and i don't regret it i take full responsibility for the thousands of dollars i spent on him um and i mean by way of rent and food and everything else because i provided for this boy um you know, I, I take full responsibility. I don't regret it. I would never say, hey, you, you owe me like X amount of money because I paid the rent and I bought your food and I cooked for you and all of this stuff. And I was the man in the relationship, you know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, contrary to general belief, you know, in the gay household, there there sometimes are a, 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 a specific gender role that you can play in the homosexual reality. Um, in, in that relationship, I was specifically the male figure and I performed the male duties, uh, in the bedroom and out. And he was the female figure and he performed the female duties in the bedroom and he did nothing else. Like other than that, he was just a lazy ass and a good lay. Um, but, uh, and you know, I'm sure he would appreciate that. And he doesn't need to hear it from me. He's got, like, you know, his fans. So he can hear it from them now. I, I... The experience with Michael Aaron Kosseris is listener-supported. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to support future episodes. You can contribute directly at anchor.fm slash thexpodcast. Click on the support button and enter your card information for a secure donation. Choose your monthly donation, 99 cents to 9.99 a month. Every bit helps. Again, visit anchor.fm slash the X podcast spelled the T H E X podcast E X P O D C A S T. And Tell them Michael sent you. I, I did everything I, I needed to do for that relationship. And I don't regret it. I don't look back on it with regret. And I don't look back on it and like, oh, you know, I want him back. I don't. I don't want him back. I wish him well. You know, it would be really funny. Have you guys heard of that movie? I mean, that movie, that show called The Circle. It's on Pedoflix, unfortunately. But um, you see, because I never watched. I never watched um, reality TV, like, I was, especially when it, I was like, fuck that, I'm not gonna watch this bullshit, but then, like, you know, shows would come out that were good, he actually got me into watching some reality TV, which I also find kind of, like, uh, redeeming for myself in the, in the, in, and I mean that in the, in the ways of, like, modern culture and youth culture, you know what I mean, because we were 10 years apart, you know, in age, and um, 
because of that, I'm able to relate to other people who are into that. Like my oldest sister is really in, or she used to be anyways. I don't know that she is now, but she really used to be into like, um, you know, like the housewife shows and like the great escape shows. And some of those were cool. You know, like I was into chopped and I was into what other show would I watch? Oh, Pawn Stars. Like back in the day, like we're talking like, we're talking like 2000 eight you know <laughs> like i would watch those shows back in the day uh when i was living with uh, uh living in austin and those you know those are the things that i was into and that was about it for reality tv um but um he got me into other things and and so i i mean i was able to that's what that's what i appreciate about the youth who choose to give people who are older than the time if they're not just trying to rip them off for their money or use them or just be like a stay at home bitch but like um you know uh i could appreciate that anyways and so i thought it would be really funny because we both and, and and to get back to the circle we both liked enjoyed that show and so after the first season they had um they opened up to like the second season for auditions and we both tried out uh i don't know if he made it i don't think he did cuz i'm pretty sure they were filming around i would be so surprised if he was in the second season and i'd be like good job boy like good job let's see if you win this game right um, but I'm, I am going to, I actually am going to audition for the third season. So cheers to me. Wish me luck. Tell me to break a leg. Cause I think it would be so funny if we both ended up on the show at the same time and we may never know, <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't have any hard feelings. I'd just be like, keep your stinky ass and your dirty mouth, your dick mouth away from me. You know, no, actually, no, not going to make any more comments about that. Um, but anyway, so, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know why I would like, I don't know why I would want to be, I mean, you know, it, I mean, the only reason why I'd really want to be on that show is because A, it looks fun and, you know, like, um, social media, whatever. B, it would just be to like, kind of promote my books and my work and stuff like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know, like, I'm at this point right now where I'm really starting to see the value of living a little before you just waste your time behind a screen writing a book. But then again, that's always been my passion. I'm never going to stop making books. Um, I'm always going to do it. I still have like, what, five novels in my head and a poetry collection that's ready to go as soon as I put it together. Like it's everything's written. I just got to put it together and produce it. But, um, you know, I did lose two of the novels that I was working on on my old hard drive, which was deemed unrepairable. Um, so I mean, at this point I'm kind of like, meh. And then I'm doing, I'm doing my daily newscasts every day for the C report. And that's really driving me right now. And it's really giving me a focus. It's giving me a focus in life. It's giving me a sense of purpose and satisfaction. And I really see it as a, I really see it as a, public service if that makes sense um because people could tune into the news as they please and, and i'm not trying to blow myself up or sound highfalutin or anything like that but really i i see it as a public service because i mean 
I'm doing it because I want to and I feel like I need to share this information. Like we as a human society, we as a culture, we as the United States society, like we have finally gotten to this point that we really need to kind of think about what we're doing <laughs> and um, stuff like that. So I don't know, like that's basically it um, in a nutshell, you know. Um, and I know I started off talking about some spiritual thing. Ugh, I can't remember what I was talking about. I guess I may not close the circle on that one uh, tonight, but we'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. Um, I think I was talking about like the way things go and flow. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I never even finished telling you about being in freaking uh doing what I did in high school. And I think I got spun spun off into the gothing cuz I was talking about how um you know, like uh I used to do the morning announcements. I did them for 2 years when I was in high school and um I enjoyed doing it and <laughs> We would always, like, we were able to pretty much, as long as we, we read through the news and did that, we could add any personality fluffs that we wanted to as we went along, right? Well, um, the one thing that we did have to do for sure at the end of it all is we had to say, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. And... That was the long and short of it. And I remember saying, I remember, I said that five days a week for two years, you know. And it never registered what the hell that meant to me. Like, I never, it never dawned on me what that, that meant. And um, now in my older years, uh, I get it, you know, because it's really your choice if, you're gonna have a great day or not. And and that's also why I said when it came down to like these Satanist people and that negative energy and that self-deprecating or, or, or sociopathic or lack of self-deprecation, like when uh, it got down to it, um, when it got down to it, I never experienced people like that. And the reason for that is that I don't put that energy out there, you know? So I don't. And it's not like I will not give myself over to saying that someone caused me to have a certain type of day because it's my belief that if you can identify where your headspace is, if you can identify where your head is, where your emotions are, if you can say, damn, I feel sad today or damn, I'm depressed or damn, I'm so mad, you know what state you're in. Do you know how lucky you are to be able to self-recognize your mental state? Like, that's, you're lucky if you can do that. If you can, like, assess your mental state and know where you are and identify it, it is my chief belief that you can change it. Because that's, that's pretty much how I got to where I got in trusting my gut. That's how I got to where I got in, in um, staying as positive and uplifting as I can be, even if it's just to myself, you know, um, um, because there's a, that takes a lot of work, guys. Like, we're in a society and we have a culture where, for sure, you know, for sure, if you, um, if you like... 
let things get to you or whatever, you can just run with it. And with all of the influences from the media, all the pressures from environmental or external things, it's easy to get swept away and not identify that. You just get swept in the emotion, even if you're just like, I'm so mad today, you know, and you can't shake it. Well, you know what? It takes practice. It's not like I woke up one day and I was like, oh, when I feel sad, I'm just going to stop and be happy. Oh, when I feel mad, I'm just going to stop and not be mad. No, it doesn't work like that. It it took being able to recognize it and forcing myself to do it. It took a lot of practice. Like I never forgot when I decided to myself, I did not want to die unhappy or I did not want to be in a negative state on my deathbed. And I just knew that in order to be, at least to give myself a fighting chance, because, you know, after all, none of us know how we're going to be when we we get to that point in our life until we're there, right? We don't know how we're going to face death until death is in our face. So I just wanted to give myself the biggest fighting chance that I could in being in this positive state when that day comes, like, I want to be happy. I want to be positive. I want to have faith. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be in fear when that time comes, because if I am, I could very well put myself in a place that I don't want to be after I'm dead. And, you know, it really makes me think about this story that one of my dearest friends told to me about his experience with death and and kind of what moved him uh, in certain directions to do certain things for his life. And, and that was that, you know, he had almost he had almost gotten to an accident on the highway and he drives a motorcycle, you know, and he told me in, in this one instant where something happened. Uh, I think he said that um, he was driving in. The, he was he was in the passing lane and he's on a motorcycle and this guy brake checked him and heart almost heart stopped on him because again he's in the passing lane and you have these assholes that get in the passing lane thinking it's the fast lane and then they decide to go 70 miles an hour i mean or 60 miles an hour now in the state of texas the pass the speed limit is 70 miles an hour pretty much across the board but the passing lane is the passing lane it's not the fast lane it's not a travel lane it is there so that this way, if you want to go faster and get a pass or whatever, you can use it. But then you have these jerk offs that are like, ah, the speed limit's 70. Why is he riding my ass? Well, it's because you're not supposed to use this lane to travel. You're supposed to use this lane to pass. So let the motherfucker pass, right? I'm the same way, dude. Like when I was driving, if I, oh man, like that was the one thing about driving in me is like it showed... I was very impatient <laughs> and and I was very aggressive, especially because I always towed it at 80 miles an hour. That was my normal speed. And I was always in the passing lane because I knew I was going to be traveling and passing up these people. And I only got into the traveling, traveling lane when there was like no traffic in front of me for miles. And I'd get into the traveling lane because there's no need to be in the passing lane. I'm not passing anybody. But you have these assholes that take it upon themselves to teach a lesson. They're like, oh, the speed limit's 70. And uh, 
uh, they're riding my ass. What the fuck? And then they slow down. And they, they want to teach you a lesson. And little do they know that their pride is actually going to cause an accident. Or, you know, they're actually the ones who need to be taught a lesson because they're in the passing lane. It's there to pass. It's not there to travel. So what the hell? You know, anyway, so my friend was in that situation. Uh, the guy in front of him, I think, hard braked or hard stopped. And that I mean, that could have been it for him. He was on a motorcycle. And he told me after that, that like he really had to examine himself and he asked himself, if this had been the day that I die, will I be comfortable? Will I be happy or, or, or will I be okay with what I left behind? And he told me that he thought to himself about it and he didn't, he wasn't okay. He was like, no, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, there's too many things in my life that I don't have done. There's too many things in my life that I need to take care of, you know? And like, so from that point on, he told me he, every now and then he would ask himself, if I were to die today, would it be okay? Like if I were to die today, would I be okay with what I left behind? Like say like say like you die today and you have a stash of Playboys under your bed and then they're gonna find it because you're dead, you know? <laughs> and they're gonna find all your secrets, like or they're gonna find your bong or you know whatever. They're gonna find out you were gay or they're gonna find out you were straight. You know whatever it is that is in your life that you leave behind. If you were to die today, would you be comfortable? And so he said from that day forward, he worked on that. Uh, to the point that he says now, if he were to go, he would be totally comfortable with it, you know? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I wanted to give myself a fighting chance. Like, I don't want to die in fear. I don't want to be scared. And I don't think I will be. Um, again, uh, my idea of life after death is probably very different from your idea of life after death. But I understand it. I understand why people have the concepts they do about life after death. And I'm not trying to poo-poo it or belittle their, their ideas of life after death. But I have a very strong feeling about life after death. And my gut tells me I'm right about it. Um, it's and, and, and I've had this idea for years, probably decades now. Uh, let me be fair. At least since 2011. At least a decade, right? And... Um, since that time, um, I've been introduced to so many other ideas about life after death. I've been introduced to so many other like spiritual and religious ideas about that concept. And the only one that has ever, ever rang true to me is what I believe currently about life after death, even about the inception of life, even about, about what point our soul connects to this meat sack, you know, about what, what point our soul gets tied to this mortal coil that sits in the seat of the soul, which is the pineal gland. Even then, I these ideas stick with me and they still sparkle. They still ring true to me. So I'm pretty sure I know about life after death. It's not like, and I hate to say it, but it's not like when I talk to my mom and she talks about her ideas of life after death and I hear hesitation. I hear like she's trying to make herself believe what she's supposed to believe. And I'm not dogging my mom. I love her very much. Um, but But I sit back and I wonder... And I sit there and I'm like, you're a person of faith, you know, and and you've had this faith for so long, like 50 years. Tell me why you have doubt in your voice, you know, and I'm not judging her faith at all. I'm not judging her faith at all. I just want to know why I don't hear that gut assurance in her voice.
and there's some hesitation because I could tell her exactly what I feel since she don't want to hear what I hear. She does not want to hear what I have to say about death and life after death. But she has her own beliefs. And yet at the same time, I hear that hesitation. And I'm like, is it embarrassment? Because I was raised in the same religion she is in. And she's still in that religion. And I, I, I don't challenge her on it. You know, I don't say, oh, you're wrong. You know, I don't. I, I believe that I, I'm happy for my mom for finding a place that makes her comfortable and happy. And that's that's all I could ask for, really. I'm very happy for her to have that place where she can turn to in, in her time of need. If she can't turn to anyone else, at least she can turn to her God. At least she can find comfort in that somehow. And um, that's why I don't dog it. You know, it's uh, who am I to take away what someone believes and who am I to belittle or to crap on it? You know, I'm, I'm that, that's not what I'm here for. You know, the the only thing, especially in regards to my mom, and I joke about it, but I believe it was true, is that God gave her two gay twin sons to teach her how to have unconditional love. Because let's face it, before that, she would never have spoken to a homosexual she she would never have and she always says it i don't agree with it i don't how does she say no i don't accept it but i can live with it or something like that it's it's fine it's whatever i i mean my mom's come a long way you know like up until 1990 she still referred to black people as colored people and it's not because she's racist you assholes it's because that is uh, the she is the product of that generation you know like you have to understand when you're dealing with with people like some people are products of their generation she came from a time when you know there was um abundant i guess even saying colored was not racist back then, you know, it was the other things like the N word and stuff like that, that was racist or, or any of the other words that they used derogatively, but colored was not a racist backward uh, word back in the fifties and forties and sixties. Um, she comes from a time when parents didn't have a lot of idea about parenting. So I couldn't blame her for like doing certain things or disciplining in certain ways. And I'm more fortunate for it. You know, I, I am a product of the belt generation. You know, I, I had, I got my belt lickings growing up, you know, like we were disciplined as children. And, and that's something that children don't get as much anymore. And, and I think that's because parents are so afraid nowadays to do such a thing, but it served me good. You know, it served me good to learn discipline like that, aside from like discipline that you learn yourself. But I, I, that's why I don't blame my parents, either of them, for any of that. I would never say, oh, look at me now. I'm in whatever X, Y, and Z circumstance. Uh, and it's all because of the way you raised me. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Um, because let's, let's face it. You get to a point in your life where you're away from those people and the ball's in your court then. And if you fail or you fuck up, it's all on you. And it's all because you... Maybe you weren't equipped to do it, but like I said at the beginning of this, if you can recognize it, if you can recognize your state, if you can recognize your emotions, you have already won half the battle. Not to sound like G.I. Joe, but if you understand what the problem is, then it's up to you to fix it. And that's on you. And you have to take onus of it. You have to take responsibility for it. You can't just blame other people for the things that happen in your life. 
you absolutely have to take responsibility. And when things get tough and when things get rough, just remember that you will never be given more than you can handle. Which means some of you people are super badass, strong bitches out there. Like some of you people are really badass because some people I, some people have been through it and like they are strong people. Like to be able to handle some of the things that I've heard of people and people I know in my life have handled, they are some strong motherfuckers. You know, like they are some strong people. And they don't let it get them down. And even though it may, you know, and it's understandable. But I mean, we're never given more than we can handle. Just like we're given what we need when we need it. <laughs> you know, if you have that type of faith and belief, I'd say hold on to it because you're blessed. You're blessed because not everybody sees that. Not everybody recognizes it, you know. <sighs> but anyways, I'm sure I left some circles open in this conversation. Um but, um, it was good to catch up with you guys. I really wasn't sure what I was going to say. It's been six days. It's been almost a week. Um, and I didn't have any idea of a thought process to share with you guys. I just wanted to touch base again because I don't want to neglect this show. And I'll come back to you guys with a poetry episode really soon. And we're going to do another music episode. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Susie and the Banshees because I talk about them a lot. And I, I just hope she's not, uh, a bloodthirsty pagan baby eater, adrenochrome harvesting bitch. I just hope she's not that. I hope she's not. She's a bitch, but she owns up to it. And I think her story has been much more, I don't know. I couldn't compare it to anything, but I would say because of that, her story has been something that has been interesting. She always did music her way. She always did things her way. And it was great. She did great. She was so, so good. Um, and I was so fortunate to see her on tour. She played, <laughs> she played a show on my birthday, guys. Like, how meant to be was that? Like, at the stroke of midnight, it was, I think, no, no, I mean, I was going to say, I think I turned 21, but no, I was, <laughs> I was already well into my, I think I was like 20, God, when was it? I think it was like 23, maybe, but, um. It was, it was amazing. I, I, I mean, I was meant to see her. I saw her like five times before she went off the tour circuit and, and they had stopped making music back in 1995. The band broke up and then, um, she did a solo album in 2007 or something like that. Like years later. I mean, she still had her solo project. Uh, she still had her side project with her husband at the time. So I got to see Susie and the Banshees. I got to see the Creatures. And I got to see Susie solo. It was just... I was so blessed. Um, I saw her in California, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, in Austin, and in Dallas. Uh, twice in Austin and once in Dallas. Um, the Dallas one was on my birthday. And that was just... I mean, how could she have known that it was my birthday? I don't know. <laughs> It was so great. So I'm probably going to, I'll probably share, uh, do an episode where I share my favorite and, and it's going to be a hard one because she's got an extensive catalog uh, and I would probably try and include all of her projects into one. Um, but I'll probably do that soon. Um, anyways, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up because it's already going to be an hour and, um, I hope you guys are having a great week, a weekend, month, year so far. And, um, I'll catch up with you guys again later. 
But thanks for tuning in to the experience with Michael Aaron Cosseris. I just got to be a little formal in the end, but um, take it easy, guys. Don't forget, I love y'all a lot, and I always will, no matter what you say. See y'all later. Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Gossaris.